Welcome to Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. Daniel Dopp sitting in for Field G8, sitting next to Stefania Bell and Mike Clay. Mike, normally you're closer to me to perform, you know, like physical damage when I say something you don't like. Now you got to right. go all the way through Stefania to get to me. Yeah, and I keep an eye on the camera so people can't see and I can just start swaying so, and no one knows why you're crying. That's right. And then they come back and there's tears coming down your face and they don't know why. Wow. But now if this bottle, like I have a water bottle next to me here, if this is just disappears, it's because I chucked it across the room at some point. That's why. I just have to, I just don't have much here. If yeah. things I could throw at you, that's it. It's a little different. Stefania, you're really the only one that's in this role that you're like, I'm good. I'm used to this. This is normally where you're at. Nothing really front changes center. for you. Yeah, front and center, right in front of the camera. You know, it's pretty great. I we don't are trust you for some reason. I feel like No, well, yeah. You guys have been communicating in code before the show started. I feel Not like everybody code. needs to know that. Not oh, code. Right. What we, we do bro code going on and I'm sitting here, I'm out of the loop and so no. I just have to be referee. Right now, right now, I am sitting in this seat because we are technically on Baby Yates Watch number two. Uh-huh. It's sort of like Anchorman, honestly, if we're being honest. It's kind of like Panda Watch, right? Uh-huh. You're Victoria Corningstone. I'm Ron Burgundy. And uh, You're probably Brick, if I had to be honest. I'll take that. Yeah. I love Lamp. I love Lamp. You know, nothing wrong with that. So that. we are. I love Steve Carell. We are I'm waiting. Field Yates has been, obviously, he's got a, a one coming on the way. And so he's out there doing what it is that he's doing as a dad, waiting for things Being to come. Dad, been there. Husband. Being all the things that you but need. So Really? It's Chapin. Who's the rock star? That's right. So let's be honest. That's right. So we are, uh, we're going to hold everything down here without him for uh, a little bit. We'll see how this goes. But today's show, really excited. We're talking about some hot takes. We are talking about some confusing offenses that have been difficult for us to be able to suss out just so that you know, as a reminder, every single day, excuse me, every single week on Wednesdays, once a week, we are doing the show. You can check it out here on YouTube. You can also find it on Twitter, all the other places that you listen to your podcasts. You can check it out there. And our good buddy, Kyle Soppy is behind us, behind this big screen in the YouTube chat. So go hang out with Kyle, the rock star. (laughs) flexing. Oh, well, I, I, I think it's because Field isn't here, so he's the strongest person on the show right now. I know, Mike, you're trying to take uh, that title over, though. I'm working on it. Come on. Well, it's I throw the bowling ball the fastest. That's true. That's true. You th- wow. Well, I'll tell you what. Maybe you're the strongest person on the show. You want to do... I'm doing a 40-yard dash. Do you want to do like a bench a press? And we can do a combine down? Don't, don't put that out there unless you really want we to put, do it. We, we yeah. should. We need like a fantasy decathlon or something. We really do. We can, can we have boxing as part of it? No. No. I don't want to box against That's you. Not, you know what you're yeah. doing. Now you're just going to hit me. Boxing. <laughs> That's the worst idea. Fine. People should write into the sports. YouTube chat if they want to nope. see boxing amongst us we're gonna That's do right. no we're gonna do bowling we're gonna do uh cubing yep. cube. i could solve that now yeah. so we gotta that do is, that that counts that we're is gonna do, not uh, part of a is it called cubing is that the excel is, we're gonna excel, excel like is not a sport now. stop no, it i draw the line there my clay make a pivot table over no the first wins okay what else do we got here what else can i win that's all i can win <laughs> that's probably it's it it's, it's that's probably how about a dance off you know what, Stefania? Right. I'd be in on that. I'd be in I, on that. Totally do that. An 80s dance party where we yeah. get to, you know, do scores and everything. I'm That's in just on fun. All right. Speaking of fun, let's get into some fantasy football. I know people are probably wanting to listen to us talk about a little bit of football here. We're going to start with talking about some hot takes here. The hotter, the better, as far as I am concerned. All right. This was uh, something that Field put forth. Now he's not doing the show. No big deal. Just decided not to show up today. Is this his um, first idea of the offseason? <laughs> just dumped it on us. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm just going to throw out some if bad that was ideas it. and leave. <laughs> and then leave. So it's going to do awful. Uh, so let's start with this. We each have two players that we want to be able to talk about. Players that we think maybe could exceed expectations. If we wanted to throw a hot take out there, someone that we think could do some things. I'm going to start. Do you guys mind if I start? No, sure, are we, go, doing, hey, host, like, are we doing one a piece? We're going to do, we gonna do back to back. We're going to do two yeah, and then okay. we're going to talk just about it. I want to know the rules. Absolutely. Totally. Daniel's hosting. He's like, I'm going first now. Yeah. Everything. Well, you know. Can we speak? And did you have to give us you permission? Got, to I do not have to give you, you permission. You okay, can talk whenever you want, Mike. All right. All right. So I'm going to start this off with Garrett Wilson. Last year, Garrett Wilson finished as wide receiver 14. Mike, can you okay. tell me the quarterbacks that were throwing the football to Garrett Wilson? Um, I think Joe Namath played a couple of games. Basically. Joe Namath would have been better than the three guys that were throwing. Testaverde, my guy Chad Pennington. We had starts. Mike White, Joe Flacco, and Zach Wilson throwing the football to Garrett Wilson last year, and he right. still finished as a top fifteen wide receiver. For me, my hot take this year is that Garrett Wilson finishes top three at the wide receiver position, and that is a huge part because of who this wide receiver is. The rest of the people within this wide receiver room, I don't think there's a ton of competition in spite of Alan Lazard coming over. 
and who the quarterback is under center. You know, I want to take a quick look at Aaron Rodgers. You look at the last five years of Aaron, right? Aaron Rodgers, wide receiver one, five years ago, Devontae Adams finished as wide receiver one. Mm -hmm. Four years ago, also Devontae Adams finished as wide receiver six. Three years ago, also Devontae Adams finished as wide receiver one, wide receiver two the year after that. And then last year, they split it. And it was between Christian Watson and Alan Lazard. But when Aaron Rodgers had a guy, and mind you, this he had Devontae Adams, who was a superstar. But he went to his one superstar. He wanted to feed that one guy that had a 30% target share almost every single year. And now, Garrett Wilson gets to come into this receiving core with Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Corey Davis. Yeah, Michael Hardman. Michael Hardman. Yeah, no real standout tight end in terms of targets. I, I'm with you. And so you I'm look at you. Garrett Wilson. If he can get a 30% target share based on what he was able to do last year. Oh, by the way, the Jets were the fifth highest off-target team out of any team in the NFL last year. So if Garrett Wilson can get Aaron Rodgers and become that true wide receiver one, I'm not saying he's Devontae Adams, but I think that there is at least a ceiling where he could reach that top three wide receiver spot as a hot take. Yeah, I, I mean... Think- Go ahead. No, I was. I think you are calling him Devonte Adams, but that's okay. I'm saying that the okay. wide receiver one in that offense did well. I don't think he is officially Devonte, but if you look at, I think he's much closer to Devonte Adams than he is Alan Lazard or Christian Watson from last year. By the way, Aaron Rodgers already talking about some of mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson's skill sets. Like when when Aaron Rodgers is throwing compliments at you as early as OTAs, that's pretty strong. That's sound. pretty great. Yeah, I, and I thought that's kind of important that you pointed to all the other targets because we kind of think about them as kind of. A lot of depth there, especially a wide receiver, right? Probably five deep. But you're getting down to Corey Davis, Michael Hardman, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb still do. Yeah, yeah. useful. But one guy clearly stands above the rest here, yep. right? And it is a guy that was a first-round pick last season. And again, making that comp to Devontae Adams is interesting because the heavy volume Adams sees year after year. Well, Garrett Wilson was sixth in targets at wide receiver last season, fifth in end zone targets. He was essentially treated like a Devontae Adams featured wide receiver target hog. Uh, and we don't expect that to change with Aaron Rodgers here. They should score more touchdowns. There's really a lot to like here. And there was a, a lot of fantasy points left on the table for yes, there were. last year. You probably should have doubled his touchdown total. He was 21st in fantasy points, sixth in targets. Something does not compute. That tells you you have a quarterback problem, right? So yep. I'm with you. He absolutely has wide receiver one overall upside. There's no doubt about no, it. And if Aaron Rodgers with no broken thumb, a little bit better protection. Yep. I think his on-target passes to the end zone are going to be better than what we saw last year. And Garrett Wilson, I think touchdowns definitely go up. Yeah, I think your only concern here is probably just the defenses in that division. Right. You know, that best four four of the best uh, defenses in the league are in the AFC East. And he's going to have to face off with, you know, Tredavious White. And obviously New England, Bill Belichick's always good defensively. Miami, I think. Low key, maybe the best defense on paper in the NFL, and they have Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard on the outside. They're going to be that's going to be tough. Yep, that is tough. That that division has a tough schedule, but again, I think that could mean throwing the ball. I was just going to say, if you get some picks, Aaron Rodgers not necessarily afraid to throw an interception, but that means more scoring. Well, he he not last year he wasn't. I guess before <laughs> yeah. that he was. That was that was he like was, the only thing people uh, picked apart but, on. He, but, yeah, but he I think he's changing. gotten a little more. Uh, I I would say I bet new Aaron Rodgers, new environment, a little more, especially against some of those defense, probably a little more willing to take chance. I'm with you on that one. I like I just the idea. Maybe not the hottest of hot takes, but Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, fourteen. Coming out of yeah. last year, I think he has the ability to be a top three wide receiver in this offense with a better quarterback under was center. He 14th and what raw points? Yeah, uh, I guess 21st points per game. So points per game. Okay. Yep. All right. I got another guy I want to talk about. I wanted to start with the positive one. I want to say good things about Gary Wilson because it's always more fun to say positive things about a player. Uh-oh. For this one, I'm going to say Kyle Pitts finishes Don't outside the top no. 10 at tight oh, end. Mike Clay. This one's awful. This one's tough. Nope. Can we Next. say this one is hard for me? I, I want to be, and we can, I'd love to know why you disagree or if you disagree on this, but I want to, I want to lay out a few things. Kyle Pitts got halfway hurt halfway through the season, had an MCL injury, right? Still going through the rehab, expect him. Well, I have reserved the right to be able to revisit all of this and change my mind. If we start hearing things that he looks fantastic no, and no, you training, I, this is a one-time thing. Okay. If, he, if things look great in training camp and, and, and you start seeing stuff in preseason, then we can change our mind on this. But Kyle Pitts is adding a guy to this offense named Bijan Robinson. How many touches do you think Bijan's going to have? 300, 350, you know, he's going to he plays 14, 15 plus games. Yeah. And so right. with that be with, with him getting all of those touches, and you look at Drake London that I think is going to be the guy that is going to take the next step before I see Kyle Pitts taking the next step in this offense. I think when I look at 
Kyle Pitts as the guy that we had as tight end three last year. Mm-hmm. To me, he's way closer to tight end 10 than he is closer to tight end one or a top three tight end because of the mouse that they're going to have to feed in this offense. And because it's Desmond Ritter under center, it's not like he's got a top five quarterback. Mm -hmm. If this was a situation where he had Joe Burrow or pick a top seven guy, Justin Herbert, I would feel differently about a running back getting upwards of 350 touches plus Drake London getting his own plus Kyle Pitts being able to get his own. But with the way that this offense is set up, I'm nervous that Kyle Pitts is going to be lower on this list than what we want because we saw that unbelievable rookie year. We talk about how unbelievably athletic he is, Stefania, but I think there are some things that could work against him in this offense. So my hot take, Kyle Pitts as a non-top 10 tight end this year. What do you think? Well, you know where I stand on this. I'm with you. I'm not in the Mike Clay camp, but I want to hear Mike go first because then I'm going to have the chance. I don't want to do the two negatives. Okay, that's fair. Look, I mean, I have to... Look, if he's not healthy, obviously, you know, he's not going to total enough fantasy points to be in the top 10, most likely. I mean, more than a couple of games, but I'm just betting on talent here. I think tight end seven is roughly his floor on a week to week basis. Like I know he wasn't great last season, but he had a couple top 12s. He was coming around a little bit. The targets were starting to get there. I, and that was with really poor quarterback play. Right. So I think tight end seven, I think you take him at, around that spot where we have him ranked. I don't think he's going much further south than that. I mean, this is the guy that was a fourth overall pick. They're going to feature him when he is on the field. We saw that last year, only Mark Andrews at a higher target share. There's talk that, yes, they're still going to be a run first offense, but more balanced. Like they were the extreme because of Marcus Mariota last season. I think it'll be uh, a little, a little more even this season. And um, that also it's a light division too. I mean, it is a very light light schedule this season. Uh, You know, Again, five, six targets a game is not a lot to ask. And again, I think that is his floor. He's a feature target. And again, the guy had over a thousand yards as a 20 year old rookie. That is unheard of. That just doesn't happen. He's I think he's the real deal. And a healthy Kyle Pitts season is easily. I think it beats. I think he's more likely to beat seventh than fall short. Yeah. A healthy Kyle Pitts easily. Well, that is the big question, is the health. Because to me, based on the injury that he had and the timing of when he had it and when he had the surgery, which ultimately he did need surgery for that knee, we should have seen him already. So, um, you know, I've, I've heard the coach speak. I've heard Arthur Smith say they expect good things from him. I think he generically said in the last minicamp, we're very happy with where all our guys are. And then he was asked about Kyle Pitts and he basically reiterated the comment, but said, we're happy with where Kyle Pitts is. Right. But we haven't seen him at all. Normally guys coming off injury are dying to get back out there, especially if it's not something substantial, like you understand with an ACL or Achilles repair, it's very graded return based on what we know about what he had. There's no reason he shouldn't be out there. So that just raises a flag for me is the idea of like they'd want to be safe and not push it. That shouldn't be a concern because at some point you have to get back to playing football. So when is that going to happen? Is it going to happen in the preseason or are they not going to give him any preseason time? Because those those things just concern me. We're, we we base a lot of the projection on his athletic ability and talent. Mm-hmm. And if he's not 100%, then you can't rate his athletic ability and talent at the same level because he falls down a notch if if the athleticism is compromised at all. And then there's a whole issue of how the offense looks and B. John Robinson. And yeah, they are playing in a weak division, but does that mean that they are throwing less because maybe they're comfortably hit? Maybe B. John Robinson gets more touches and they're relying Mm -hmm. on him more in the offense. So uh, I I think it could go either way. Obviously, we want Kyle Pitts to be healthy. We want him to be what they picked him to be. I don't know if that's this year. We will know a lot more through training camp, but I think what you're saying is possible. And yeah, this is hot take day. So it's right. meant to be the hot take. Right? It's like you're, you're throwing something out there that could happen. You're explaining why it could happen, but you also know that it might not. Right. And Mike, I, this is, I was looking at your projections and I know that your projections sometimes are a little bit more conservative, but I, when I looked at everything tight end six through 12, which is where Kyle Pitts falls is in that tight end seven range. 
is separated by basically one fantasy point per yeah. game. And the idea that he is no longer in that top five, but he's fallen in, I think he's at the top of that second tier. And that's part of it. You can't just be like tight end six is the same uh-huh. as tight end 12. There's a tier there, but but he's closer, I think, to that, that second tier of tight ends right now than he is to that first tier. Yeah, but the thing is, a lot of those guys in that range, we, we pick on tight ends every year. The problem is that a lot of them kind of lack a high ceiling, right? Like even Dallas Goddard, he's been a pretty reliable mid-range tight end one. The guy has a really hard time finding the end zone. He yep. doesn't score touchdowns. So you think about guys like Evan Ingram, David Njoku, even Pat Fryermuth. Again, not a touchdown scorer. They just drafted Darnell Washington, Brian Allen Robinson to use near the goal line. Dalton you start Schultz. thinking about all those guys. Dalton Schultz, you put all them guys together, and then you consider Kyle Pitts going, going probably before them, but it's not by a lot, right? Yep. Similar range. Even, even George Kittle, whose targets were concerningly low when everyone was healthy last season. And you say... All right, most of these guys we have a good feel for, right? They're probably mid-range to back-end tight end ones. Kyle Pitts, he his ceiling is he's a league winner potentially. I mean, available in the sixth round, seventh round to drafts, sure. a potential league winner that he actually has that extremely high ceiling. So, whereas them back-end tight, borderline tight end ones are a dime a dozen, Kyle Pitts is not a dime a dozen. There's just those guys don't exist that have that ceiling. Super and that's fair. why I'm more than happy to take that shot at him. If we were talking third round. Or where he was going last year, different yeah. conversation. Right. It'll be where interesting going, to see where he's going when people start drafting like yeah. in August. Because we won't really know much. Training camp starts in the last week of July. If we've seen him, it'll only be for like a week. Mm-hmm. I, I, they do have some joint practices coming up with the Dolphins, I think, in the second week of second second week of August. That's where I want to see when he's mm-hmm. engaging with a defense. Is he doing every like our our opinion of what he can project to be could change a lot in the first few weeks. Absolutely. And Mike, I want to be fair. He definitely has a higher ceiling than any of those other tight ends. I, I totally agree with you on that. So we'll see. I Like I said, I reserve my right to change the mind. Let's see what do. the rest looks we've like. Got, we, we've talked about this all the time. We have to bring back board bets in some capacity, yeah. right? Yeah. Like over under six and a half, six and a half place yeah. finish. But you I can't, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make <laughs> this board bet now. <laughs> yeah, we got to wait. Let's make wait and honest. see a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, uh, let's, let's transition over to you. I gave you right. two players right. so that you can understand how this game is supposed to be played, <laughs> see exactly how it's supposed to be done. Who do you have you want to bring to the table? All right. Yeah. So you're going with some high pedigree players. To yeah. Some, all right. All right. I'm going to go. How about Kenny Pickett? I would love talking about yeah, Kenny, Kenny Pickett. Wait, is this, Kenny, is this good Kenny Pickett or wait, bad Kenny Pickett? I'm going to wait on the rankings. Good Kenny Pickett. Okay. Okay. They're both good. I'm the positive guy around here, right? Oh, yeah. No one calls me the <laughs> Buzz Killington or anything like that. I'm always always positive. I don't know. I do. That's <laughs> I call myself that because it's true. I, I thought it's June. There's no field here. I'm feeling happy. That's right. You know, we'll just we'll keep it positive. So I'm going to go Kenny Pickett will be a top 12 scoring fantasy quarterback. Taking the next step season. in his second year. Yeah, big leap. Uh, look, year two. It's a breakout age for quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. We've known known this every year. We see at least one example of this. Twenty seven. I'll just go back to twenty seventeen. A few years. Carson Wentz, second year breakout. Then twenty eighteen. Patrick Mahomes. Twenty nineteen. Lamar Jackson. Twenty twenty. Kyler Murray. Twenty twenty one. Joe Burrow. Twenty twenty two. Trevor Lawrence. Last season. Not to mention Justin Fields. So, and you can go on and on. Again, there's multiple from all of those seasons. Year two. These first round quarterbacks make a leap forward. Now, the question is. How much of a leap can Kenny Pickett make, right? Does he make it to find he's if you could start him in super flex or does he actually get into that top 15 or 12 one quarterback conversation? Yeah, but I think there's a lot to like. First of all, uh, the offense was better than you realize their their trouble last year was scoring touchdowns. They would move down the field, the efficiency, all those sort of things. EPA was good. It was an above average offense, but they could not finish drives. Deontay Johnson infamously, infamously zero touchdowns last season. Most touchdown, most receptions ever, ever. without a touchdown. 80, yeah. In the eighties. Uh, but again, they bring in Darnell Washington. They bring in Allen Robinson, two mm-hmm. guys that, you know, uh, Washington's six foot six. And Robinson was one of the most featured targets near the goal line last season. So Deontay Johnson, George Pickens in year two, uh, hopefully a healthy Najee Harris for the full season. He played every game, but he was beat up all year. Jalen Warren. They like a lot. Pat Fryermuth. Better offensive line. Mm-hmm. That's had fine. That's been a problem the last two years. That's better. And also, what do you like in your quarterbacks, Daniel? I like mobility. Yes, yes. Scrambling, mobility, all that. Full games last season, top seven in rushing yards and carries among Love quarterbacks. That. So he adds a little appeal that way. So I think you could buy into it. You could see it. You, there's at least a path here. Yeah, for Pickett to make a leap despite some rough efficiency and numbers as a rookie, which again. Throw it away. It doesn't matter. These guys, a lot of these guys, I'm all of the guys I mentioned before were not fantasy relevant as rookies. None of the, none of those breakout players were. So 
Uh, I don't worry about bad efficiency for rookie quarterbacks. I expect Pickett to be better this year. I also think when the way he came in last year, you know, and it, 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 there there wasn't consistency for me. Came in in a tough spot, and it was all about learning the position. So I love the opportunity for him to be better this mm-hmm. year because all those butterflies and the hard part about getting out there and being exposed that all happened. He got rid of that, so he comes mm-hmm. in to OTAs and mini camps mm-hmm. and then ultimately training camp. There's no question about that stuff anymore. He really just gets to establish his connection with his receivers. I love their addition of Allen Robinson. Um, I'm not here to, I did not put Allen, Allen Robinson on the list. Column. Even though I love Allen, I'm an Allen Robinson <laughs> apologist. I think, I think the whole LA experiment is not, everybody blames him. I don't think that's all on him. Matthew Stafford couldn't throw the ball very well last year. Okay, Tyler. Whoa. <laughs> hey now. Tyler's my friend. Tyler, if you're watching. <laughs> that's right. I'm on team Tyler. But um, Allen Robinson was somebody they scouted coming into the NFL. The Steelers have had their eye on him for years, and they felt like this. And one of the things they love about him is leadership. So that helps mm-hmm. develop the receivers. It helps develop your quarterback. Um, he's still somebody they have to take into account. Defense have to take into account. But I think Deontay Johnson was almost on my hot take list mm-hmm. for jumping up as a wide receiver because I think – the touchdown thing yep. that, that that can't happen two years in a row. Would you call it positive regression? Regression. I, to the I mean, can't. Yes. I, I just. I, I can't say positive and rent the at the same time. Yeah, he won't allow it. But <laughs> I that has to change this year. And he's too good. He's agreed. Too talented. I yep. just I just had a column come out uh, where I talked about a couple overvalued, undervalued players, and Deontay Johnson made that, that list yeah. because oh. of the fact that that t- positive touchdown regression is just going to happen. And everything that, that you said, Mike, I'm fully with you on this offense taking a next step under Kenny Pickett. He had a year for his hands to grow bigger, which is a big thing we were all worried about. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, I mean, he, he's just going to have better pass catchers. And I, I, I don't want to read into the Darnell Mooney thing, but the idea that he's got Pat Fryermuth and Darnell, I mean, those are two huge, huge guys to be able to look at as end zone targets as a tight end. Wait, what? Who? What? Who did I just say? Darnell Mooney. I meant oh, Darnell oh, Washington. Washington. Sorry, I meant Darnell Washington. You had me. I'm like, did I miss some news right before? Also, Darnell Mooney is not a huge end zone target for the record. Lots of confusion there. Sorry about that. Darnell Washington sure. to, yeah. to add with anyway. Pat Fryermuth. So um, yeah, I'm with you. And by the way, I like Allen Robinson was going like the fifth, sixth round last year. That's oh. why I was not on him. I love him as a three for Pittsburgh. Yeah. He's not unlikely to be fantasy relevant, right. but in that spot as a role player and goal line option, love that fit. Absolutely, I'm with you on that one. I think it's a really good call. Top twelve for Kenny Pickett. Let's go. If you're wrong, what do we get to do? Do we get to egg your house or? You paintball? I, look, I'm, not, paintball. I'm not worried. We're gonna. It's gonna even out with your terrible pits call. Anyway, Shut up! So. How dare you? All right, give me your next that's one. Why right, next I'm one. Sitting in between. That's right. That's right. Finally, <laughs> no someone between us. Violence on the show. Yeah, this was not an accident. Um, <laughs> yeah. So boxing. Unless it's boxing. Unless it's boxing. My other one. Uh, this is in ADP that kind of surprised me. Rashad White going in the sixth or seventh round. You could usually get him, and I'm surprised there's not a little more hype. And maybe that's something that will develop more. In August, I have him, my bold call, said he'll finish as a top 12 scoring fantasy running wow. back. This Whoa. Wow. There's yeah. a lot about You're that offense crazy. I don't I like. Know. So tell me why you <laughs> think he could be top 12. Yeah, there's, well, there, there's a lot to like. Okay. Yeah, I have, I have him 18th. I'm the highest uh, among all of us in, in where I have him ranked. But I think you get into the top 12. Um, have him projected for 216 carries, 44 catches. That would actually be fewer catches than last season. Uh, but look. With Leonard Fournette there last year, and, and it didn't take long for White to kind of eat into that workload, and eventually he was splitting that backfield. But even with Fournette there, White was uh, 11th among running backs in catches last season. So he soaked up a ton of them. Didn't Fournette yeah. have 70 plus catches as well like, yeah. with that? Okay. Yeah. And, and, and again, Tom because Brady's gone. Because all they could do was pass to the running backs. short. Essentially. Well, that, they, that might be the case. That might be. Year. I know. I mean, but the offensive also, line's worse. I know. know but so. Again, so then I'm really intrigued if the offensive line is worse, well, quarterbacking yeah. is worse, how do we get volume. him? Vo- uh, volume is king, nothing. right? Volume and opportunity. The number two running back on the Bucks is? Um, <laughs> Keyshawn Vaughn? Oh, so he's probably third right now. This could change. Uh, it's Chase Edmonds, right? Oh, that's who, right. That's right. Who he, struggled he to... He, he didn't last last year, right? Nope. Remember he went to Miami. We were kind of excited for him with Mostert. That didn't work out. He actually got traded, which is yeah. that never happens right after a guy gets signed. And then didn't have much of a role in Denver either. So uh, that's their number two. That's our game plan right now. They have an undrafted Sean Tucker competing. I mean, it should be the Rashad White show. And remember, he was a day two pick last year. So you would expect him to get a chance to be their feature back. And we did see him as a feature back one time last year. Leonard Fournette was out. White played 91% of the snaps wow. in that game. Had 14 
14 carries for 64 yards, nine targets. He caught all of them for Love 45 that. yards. So remember, he came in as a guy we thought would be a factor in the passing game, and he delivered as a rookie. So um, I think there's just a lot to like here in terms of a guy that just every week is going to be pushing for 20 touches, a lot of involvement in the passing game. If he stays healthy, would not shock me at all if he cracks the top 12. And I think that is one of the main questions that I have is understanding that he was splitting time with Fournette, kind of yep. like a, a back that they could be, both be there. He has the kind of body to be able to be a true mm-hmm. three down back here in the NFL and from a fantasy yep. perspective for us. Everybody has that body. I don't have that kind of body, Stefania. I don't know what you're talking about. These running backs who get put in that position until their volume goes up a tremendous amount. Amount. And if the workload goes up too much, Mm -hmm. then that tips the scales against him for Mm -hmm. me. Interesting. Love that call. Top 12 for Rashad White. Yeah, I think, well, as a hot take, as a hot take, the idea of volume and opportunity, those are the two things we talk about. And if they're going to be down a whole lot, it might be a situation where he's catching a ton of passes while they're coming from behind. I don't know. What's the average yards before contact on Tampa? Negative six. Oh, yeah. It's low. (laughs) It's low. Not, yeah, not great. Not great. But again, that won't matter much if he's catching, you know, seeing five, six targets a game, which is. If they're on target. Targets. Pass catching running back. A, well, sh- short A dot. Any quarterback. All quarterbacks can throw the dump off. Yes. Yeah. Like that's complete random noise. Like short, short term throws. Baker and Trask, they could throw that. I don't know if they could throw it downfield. Mike, they could throw it Mike can all quarterbacks do it? Yes. Can all quarterbacks do it, Stefania? Yes. Okay, that's this leading into our next player. Stefania, who do you have as your next player? <laughs> I thought that was a That's segment. what it was. It was a segue. This is um, Brock Purdy. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm not a 49er somewhere all the time. By the way, uh, no, Anthony Richardson. I have Anthony Richardson right. uh, is going to finish as a top 10 quarterback and uh, top 10 fantasy quarterback. Yep. Just to be clear. Yep. Fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy. Yeah. But yep. uh, maybe who knows? I mean, who knows what the Colts could do with Anthony yep. Richardson? They're hoping for big things. I think, um, Mike, I was looking at your projections. because I was ready to take him to task. Me too. You actually projected him pretty well. I mean, I think you haven't played 15 games. Yeah. Um, like QB 15 or so. I think he works out. It works I, out. I think, uh, so right now I think he's ranked 17th in our consensus mm-hmm. ranks. I think, uh, we all know that Anthony Richardson is brought in to be this, um, threat with both his legs and potentially his arm, but there's been a concern about how much football he's played, just hadn't played that much in college. Uh, and there were questions about his ability to adapt to the NFL. Certainly all the right things being said in Indy, they were talking about him being at the facility literally for a month and a half um, from the time he signed with the Colts doing everything he can to learn the offense. So if there was any question about his ability to study and pick it up and get ready for the NFL, I think the Colts have made it clear that he is doing that. And even the defensive players who have been practicing against him have been talking about how difficult it is because you have to count for everywhere he is on the field. If he plays all 17 games, always a big if, but if he does, that projects out using your projections to roughly 700 yards with his leg. Mm -hmm. If you look at quarterbacks who have run 700 yards in a season, it's only happened 13 times in the last decade, okay? But if you do, they all averaged over 18 points per game, and most of them averaged over 20 points per game. Last year... 18 points per game would have finished just ahead of quarterback nine, Geno Smith. Mm -hmm. It's almost like quarterbacks with mobility is a good thing in fantasy. That is correct. So I, well, I don't know that it could happen. It's a bit of a hot take because it's a lot to ask for a quarterback in his rookie season. But if his work ethic pays off in the way that the Colts hope it will, and if he's able to bond with the rest of his offensive weapons, you know, Michael Pittman, I know he's taken a, a drop um, in our rankings because people just aren't sure how this is going to work out. Um, Jonathan Taylor, healthy and coming back. I think Jonathan Taylor's projections dip a little bit because of Anthony Richardson's threat to run the ball. Mm -hmm. But I think he'll also find ways to get into the end zone himself. So I think if he has, uh, if he plays every game, I like, so I like your guys' hot takes because you picked two positive ones, which is why it's fun for me to be on. I realize I'm the only one that said a guy won't do something As positive. Mr. Yeah, that's my fault there. Negative. I, I love campus. the idea though. I, I think there is a lot, it would take a lot for Anthony Richardson to reach top 10 as a rookie with his legs alone, because I think there would still have to be Not some passing game, right? He's going to throw, he's going to have to throw the ball and he's going to have to, you know, be able to make up for some of that. One of my most confusing offenses is in the Colts. So I'm going to save the rest of this until we get to that a little bit later in the show. But Stefania, give me your number two player. Um, it said Calvin Ridley will be a top 20 wide receiver. Love this one too. And uh, I just love Calvin Ridley. And you guys may remember, I don't know if we were doing the Dynasty League way back then, but I think Calvin Ridley was one of my first picks. Um, I, I 
picked him coming into the league. I just thought his talent and what we saw early on projected him to be a star wide receiver. And he showed signs of that in his rookie season, even though it was really his second year when he made his mark and everybody paid attention. I think he scored like six touchdowns in four games or something like that in his first season. So he was already showing that he could make plays with the ball. He averages two points per target in his career. Okay. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, also of the Jaguars, because that's where Calvin Ridley's playing now, yep. combined for roughly 15 targets per game last season. The question is how much of the target share is Ridley going to see? I think that he's going to basically force it that he will end up being the number one wide receiver in that offense. I think he and Trevor Lawrence are going to develop something and that's going to happen quickly. So let's say he gets roughly 50% of those targets. He takes them away. If he gets eight of those targets, that's just a baseline projection of 16 points per game. So I think Calvin Ridley is going to, you know, it, and, and people, I think the other concern before I say this, the other concern is people are like, Oh, he's been out of football for so long. Mm -hmm. And how does he get acclimated back into football? Again, if you start looking at what's happening in camp, the Jaguars basically been saying that they have to slow him down. And and even Calvin really acknowledging it, like he just, he only knows how to play at 100%. So this is kind of a new exercise for him. They don't want to burn him out before football after being out for so long. But he also gets healthier by taking the time off. There is so much to be said for how these guys come in with fresh legs, not getting beat up, not getting banged up by sitting out an entire season and then missing a decent amount of the season before. So yeah. uh, I think Calvin Ridley comes in fresh, motivated mentally and physically in better shape than he was when he left football. And I think he and Trevor Lawrence are going to have a thing in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm feeling more optimistic. Uh, the more days go on, but I will say this, if he's top 20, that's your bold prediction. It'll only be the second time he's done that in his career. He's yeah. entering his age 28 season. This will be his second top 20. Can we talk about what was going on in Atlanta when he played there? Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> he read, you know, I think we've talked about this before. He wrote all about that in the Players' Tribune. Yeah, yeah. It was a really eye-opening article. It actually helped give me more optimism that things are better for him now and, and he's going to have a big season. So I feel optimistic. More of a wide receiver three for me, but if he's, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he cracked the top 20. I love the idea that he comes into this offense and he's not coming back like... I want this to be a DeAndre Hopkins kind of situation from last year where I realized that Nuke missed the first six games. But when you're talking about a player that we haven't seen in a while, a lot of times it's, I'm worried about them getting back on the field with their health. I'm not worried about that with Calvin Ridley. I wasn't worried about it last year with DeAndre Hopkins. Like when he came in, we expected him to be full go 100%. And that's what I'm expecting for Calvin Ridley, unless you tell me otherwise, Stefania. And so with there's that, no reason to there's no reason to think otherwise. Now, yeah. So it's like, yeah, he should have a completely fresh body. Yes, I realize he hasn't played football in a while, but I'm not worried about him working back into that. He's had so long to get into that football shape. So I love this call. I have Calvin Ridley as wide receiver 21. So I am right there with you on this one, Stefania. All right. We're going to talk about some of our most confusing offenses in a second. But first, Geico asks... How would you yes. love a chance to save some money on insurance? Always. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, your truck, your motorcycle, your boat, and your RV. Even help with homeowners for your renter's coverage. Uh, plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways that you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com today or contact your local agent. All right. That's going to bring us out. We're going to talk about some of our most confusing offenses. My phone is doing something crazy over here. Oh, you, you got, you're getting alerts for the NASCAR news. Is right? that what it is? Josh Berry replacing Kevin Harvick. That oh, there we go. Sorry. No, nope, it was just long rumor NASCAR news. I know you keep up and I, that is. Stuff. Yeah. News, Big NASCAR right? fan here. Yeah. yeah. So. They're really excited about that. So Still. congrats to Josh Berry. Anyway. Yes. Congratulations, Josh Berry. That's it. What are we talking about? I don't know. Anytime I, missed all I can that. work racing, I, missed all that. I do it. Like I just, I take that opportunity. <laughs> like your F1 shirt like that you're wearing F1 today. It's actually Terry McLaren shirt. Yeah, but yeah, that's right. For people who've been following the show for a while, they will know that you lobbied hard to get that to be his nickname. Yeah, he was even asked about it a couple of times and he was on board with it. He was. But everyone just like defers back to Scary Terry, which is, that's supposed to be Terry. Wasn't Rose. Matthew was trying to get him like to be that. like Scoring McLaurin yeah, yeah, or something? Like no. The F1. He liked the F1. He did. I agree. He was on board with that. But yeah, it's kind of fizzled out. I didn't come up with that. It was just someone on social media did. I thought it was awesome, right? McLaren you took F1. It and ran with it. Although Raced maybe not it. this year. Like if you follow F1, <laughs> McLaren's been 
Yeah. Not great. So maybe not the best nickname right now. Pretty much just, I think, is it the rule uh, anytime you see Max Verstappen with plus money, you take it, Mike? Is that's that the right. rule I've heard? That's my thing. That's that, easy money. That's, he just wins every race. It's that's, unbelievable. That's what it's all at. Yeah. So we're, no we're, regression in the mean there. No, Mike you Clay. just, I mean, when you're the fastest. <laughs> yeah, the that's best. all. Yeah, just be the fastest. I, that's I what it's all Max. about. No one else does, but. Uh, you love funny. him. You, he's Should, your he's guy. Good dude. All right, let's talk about some confusing offenses, Stefania, as oh, we're I trying to start? figure things out. It's early, okay? And I just want to say that it's June. We got a lot of news that's going to come out between now and by the time we get to actual football right, games. Stop hedging field, all right? For the record, Mike Clay and Field wrote an awesome column in which Mike was like, Field, the first thing you need to go is do is go to Home Depot to buy a trimmer with all the hedging that you're doing. And I thought that was a great joke. It just came out. I read it. read it just before the show. So go check out that column that Mike and Field just wrote where Mike eviscerates Field and it is amazing. That's my Uh, favorite thing about those roundtable columns. It's so fun. Like any chance... Take down field. You're working on your dad jokes. That's oh, what it is. I'm ready for Sundays. Saving him for, for FF now. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be a pro soon. He's joining the two daughters club soon. That's right. So. That's right. Yeah. All right, Stefania, we're talking about confusing offenses. I think there's one offense that you want to start with, and it is also an AFC East team again. We're talking about the Miami Dolphins. We are. Yeah. And, and this, by the way, is confusing for fantasy because I love everything about Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins offense. I love what they are getting ready to do. And, hey, they might be doing more mm-hmm. because they might be signing this guy named Dalvin Cook. We don't Heard know where he's going to end up. But if he does, Dolphins are definitely one of the possibilities. Mm-hmm. He's from Miami. I, I kind of love it. Um, who knows if all the other running backs in the room would love it. But would that work for Nuke to also follow? Because I saw that well, Dalvin oh, Cook yeah, and DeAndre Hopkins. The yeah. Them together. What I, if you I, had Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle? Like, what would you That's like a Madden offense. Yeah. What would you do with all that? Well, that's exactly it. It would be great Draft for Miami. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great for Miami. It'd be really tough for fantasy. And I think that's why when I look at it now, as of today, what's today, June 21st? Yes. 2023. Mm-hmm. We don't know how this offense is going to shake out in terms of who's going to be the beneficiary, especially in the run game for volume. Is it going to be, you've got Raheem Mostert to top the depth chart right now, but he really wasn't RB1 the entire you know, uh, for all of last season, mm-hmm. there was, there was a shift there. Um, you have Jeff Wilson jr. Another, uh, 49ers transfers. You got two 49ers transfers, Miami, Devin, is it a Shane? How, who, they, A-Chain. A-Chain, yeah. who they drafted this year, who I think is an exceptional talent and he'll work really well in this offense, but how much work does he get as a rookie? And again, with the, with the, uh, Dalvin cook scenario still in play, I don't know what to make of this offense. And if Dalvin Cook is there and he can catch the ball, what does that do as far as pass catching distribution among the receivers? So right now, I think uh, it's confusing for fantasy purposes and knowing how to rank these players. Yeah, I, I think when I look at the wide receivers, that part is easy. But when I look at the running backs, I don't want to say easy. That part is easier, but but the running backs are a tough one. How do you decide to suss out which one you want to Target thirty-one-year-old Raheem Mostert. Yeah, no, no, none right now because if Cook goes there, that's a legit landing spot. In fact, Jeff Wilson had some. I think all his props were pulled from Caesars because they're keeping an eye on Cook watch there as well. So interesting. Um, yeah, it's. I think so anyway. But anyway, um, yeah, the running backs are tricky, but also like, do you want any of them? Not right now. Not right now. I mean, if Cook goes there, yes, but. If it's Jeff Wilson, Mostert, A-Chain, it's going to be a committee. I don't want any of that, obviously. We'll keep, you know, Tyreek Hill will keep an eye on the off-field stuff going on with him right now. But Jalen Waddle, we feel really good about. And I love Tua. I mean, he was second in QBR last season. He was on pace for some a huge season. Uh, I, you know, I use this stat a lot, and I'm just going to use it all season long, uh, off-season long, because it's so interesting. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle combined for 15 receiving touchdowns last season. All of them were with Tua under center. Yep. They scored zero. They had zero touchdown catches. Really, when Tua was off that's the field. A, that's right. It was a season. huge topic last year. And yeah. the, to your point, I think that I, you know, I, I factored Tua into the confusing offense too because I don't think people are comfortable. People are worried about him getting hurt because of his history yeah. of injury across concern, college yeah. and into the pros. He's done so much to try and really ready himself for the season talked about the martial arts and him talking about learning how to fall differently. So he puts himself um, in, in better position to stay healthy, but that's all still an unknown. I mean, yeah. that's definitely a legit question. And the offense changes, as you said, when two is not 
under center. Yeah, and there, I think this is just a stacked team. I like a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the offense is above average, and it'll be even better than that if two is the real deal and they're healthy. And defensively, maybe, again, I mentioned this before, maybe the best defense in the league on paper. This was their plan a few years ago. They did that sort of, remember, tank for Tua? Mm-hmm. They were really bad. They traded Tunsil, got all these draft picks. They spent a lot of that on their defensive front, and now it's starting to come together. They spent on, they brought in Jalen Ramsey and David Long and Sean Elliott and Vic Fangio's the defensive coordinator. Their win total is so ten, ten and a half so right now. Fun to watch. My favorite I mean, over. Yeah. My favorite over right now. I love it. Did you say Sean Elliott? The point. The, oh, Deshaun Elliott. I was going to say the shooting guard from the Spurs from a long time I, ago. You think I know a basketball player? Like, who, <laughs> Come on, you're you, talking to. Do you know any? Are you a basketball guy at all? A I little know. bit. We've had this conversation. No, now. Did we a bit. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know some Sixers players. Right. Okay, that's about all. I got. That's about it. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. All right, that's fair. Michael Jordan still playing. Uh, he, uh, he actually yeah. just sold a big stake of his He's team. a NASCAR owner, though. That's how I know him. NASCAR owner. NASCAR. You know Michael Jordan from NASCAR? Yeah. Yeah, okay, NASCAR got owner. it. Got yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I think where he's made his money. That makes sense. That's who I think of. First. Yeah, that's the first, first name that comes to That's mind. what I think. I mean, I don't. Joe Gibbs. Team around the track. Football. And then Michael Jordan basketball. No, that's Joe what I think Gibbs of. Joe Gibbs is a NASCAR owner, too. What? He's football connections? What? Yeah, that, right? Is that a, oh, that's weird. Stefania, you got another offense that I think oh, is another good one here. talk so much. It's not my fault. I just am reading down the note. We're doing this. Okay. So my other offense is Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, they're confusing because of so many different factors. I don't even know where to begin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson ended the season injured. I am presuming that he's healthy. I'm actually glad that he didn't come back because he was clearly having instability issues that were lingering with his PCL injury. We didn't know where Lamar Jackson was going to play or if he was going to play at all until that all got resolved and he's with Baltimore. So terrific. Lamar Jackson's back. But we haven't seen Lamar Jackson with this group of people that he's going to be throwing the ball mm-hmm. to potentially Mark Andrews, one of his favorite outlets who didn't have as strong of a year last year. Is he going to continue to throw the ball and rely on Mark Andrews so much when he now actually has other receivers besides Rashad Bateman, who is a talent, but Rashad Bateman's had trouble staying on the field. So now we've got wide receivers that are available for him to throw the ball. We've got running backs who are healthier coming into the season, assuming JK Dobbins Mm -hmm. is there and there aren't other issues that keep him away. Uh, What we haven't seen, we just haven't seen this. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen this with like the healthy star running back, the healthy quarterback, a healthy Mark Andrews, Mm -hmm. and then three capable receivers. Yeah, I think there's a non-zero chance that they they kind of follow the Josh Allen Bills mold and end up being a pass-heavy offense. New offensive coordinator as well. It's been mm-hmm. Greg Roman for a while now. Todd Monken. That's a possibility. If that happens, like ceiling, you know, the the sky is the limit. The ceiling is the roof. There's no ceiling for Lamar Jackson, right? Uh, yeah. There's some obviously. Uh, some fantasy appeal there, but you're right. Even, you know, the receivers with all the injury problems, like Rashad Bateman even has barely seen the field and right. OBJ we've talked to over and over we and Zay Flowers no has never played in the o- league. And OBJ is like, uh-huh. talk about ceiling. If your ceiling is where he left off when he was playing for the Rams, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But this is the first receiver, elite receiver to come back from a revision or a second ACL surgery. So while all the talk has been good, and I know that they feel very good about where he is physically and capability-wise, again, I just talked about guys who have another year out of football. Sometimes that really helps rejuvenate them. And then Zay Flowers. Like, so what? what is this going to look like for fantasy purposes? Where are you going to invest in this offense? Yeah. It feels like very, very much like a boom-bust offense. Like, it could be elite if everyone holds up, but it could be a total disaster if the injuries start to strike again. And I'm going to bring this up when I talk about my team, Mike, but I'm curious of what your thoughts are on J.K. Dobbins if this offense do, does become more pass-heavy. And one of the things that, that's been tough for J.K. is just being able to feel like he's getting consistent volume game in and game out. Yeah, he's in such a tough spot. Again, he's missed so much time and now he wants yeah, a new contract and he's not Seems out like there. a really I mean, tough time to say, like, I want a new contract when everybody else is saying the well, same thing. I think thing. there's... If I may, I think some of that is that they're looking at each other and I don't know if they're group texting, but they're looking at each other going, hey, I mean, you joke, but I do think that's part of it. And I think that Saquon was really the one to bring that up. If you listen to the words that Saquon Barkley was saying, they're basically and then Josh Jacobs tweeted it. Like basically oh, yes. it's more more than about more than about just me. Like you gotta do it for who Well Jacob's in. whole Twitter is just all retweets <laughs> yeah. of people yeah. talking about how disrespected running backs are. Right, That's right, all he right. talked about. So, but they all they all feel similarly and I think they all feel like they're in a position 
where they're kind of at the same point. You know, they're getting near the end. They've been franchise tagged or they're near the end of the mm -hmm. contract. They're trying to look to get paid. They don't think anybody values them. And maybe there's better chance of something happening if they act in solidarity. That's what I think. Yeah, it's so it's so tricky because you want these guys to be taken care of and they deserve it, right? Absolutely. But on the other hand, if you're the GM, you understand it too. We're like, yeah, I don't want my favorite team to invest heavily in running backs. It just doesn't work out and it's unfortunate, but there has to be another way to take care of those guys. So yeah. it's just, yeah. it's, a, I've it's a really a tricky solution, spot. which is to make the rookie contract shorter, term shorter mm -hmm. for running backs. I think they should have a three year, not a five. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, I listen, I, I laid out last show why I thought the five-year contract for rookie running backs was like a reason the team should take advantage yeah. of that with the way it works. So I think I'm with you on that one, yeah. finding ways to be able to make or it. in the first round. Yes, or four first round. If it's right, outside right, first. Right. Yep. Um, all right, Mike, let's move. I love those okay. two teams, Stefania. Yeah, I'm with you. Ones, I think yeah. the, the Ravens especially are going to be really tough to figure out. We'll see how that Lamar Jackson offense looks this year. I just mm -hmm. can't wait to see. Like training camp is actually, I'm really I'm excited pumped. about it I this know. year. Because a lot of these teams have so many new chess pieces mm -hmm. that they're going to, not that I know anything about chess, but if I did, I, do not. I think that would <laughs> I just figured out the cube. That's all I, I don't. I, I wish Mike was on the show last week. He would have saved you here. He missed it. He missed it. Um, um, but I think that they are going to have to, you know, there's going to have to be a lot of seeing these things in yeah. camp. They can't hide them until the start of the season so that these guys are ready to go. Mike Clay, we're going to move on to you. Show us your East Coast bias. Yeah. Uh, Giants. Easy one. That's just the team that comes right to my head because there's so many things we just don't understand. And it starts at the top with Daniel Jones, right? Who is he? Is he uh, the next Josh Allen, right? They're going to unleash him. He's going to throw the football more. He's actually going to get back where he was as a rookie. Actually, he's only one of a handful of rookie, uh, seven rookies all time have thrown 23 passing touchdowns as a rookie. He's one of them. And yet the Giants are dead last in passing touchdowns over mm -hmm. the last three seasons because that's kind of fallen off. So who's he throwing to this year? That's yeah. And that's the next part of it. Right. So you have that. Who's the real Daniel Jones? Saquon Barkley. Is he going to play? He's holding out right now. Right. Then you get to the receivers. Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, the 21 year old rookie, Sterling Shepard. Who knows if he's going to be ready for week one after another, after another serious knee injury. Wandale Robinson tore his ACL around midseason. All question marks there. And then Darren Waller's missed a huge chunk of the last two seasons as well. So major injury concerns there. Figure out how the depth chart's going to look at receiver. A major question mark. Is Saquon going to play? Like there's, mm -hmm. it's a tough one to figure out right now. I, the only way to really treat that back, that team is really just throwing late round darts at yeah. a receiver here or there. Yep. I mean, we feel good, pretty good about Waller. You know, a healthy Waller is going to be probably a top five tight end. You like him more than Kyle Pitts? Up there. I have him ranked ahead of Kyle Pitts. All right. I know right. it has a higher ceiling, though. All right. No, that's I, I agree with that. I was just curious. Just curious. Yeah. That's another one of those confusing things. I mean, Darren Waller, how do you decide what he is going to be within this offense, right? Because we haven't seen Daniel Jones be able to, like, latch on to one guy and say, I'm going to just force feed this, this yeah. person a ton of targets. So yeah. It's a tough one. Through no fault of his own. Not, yeah, not, yeah. yes, not because of him. That's another thing with Jones. That's another reason why there's reason for optimism. Think about when some of these other quarterbacks have broken out. It's been when they gave them an... Uh, a target, a top mm -hmm. target, yep. uh, including Josh Allen, um, Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase, and Jalen Hurts had A.J. Brown to go with Devontae. I mean, it seems to move the needle. Maybe it does for Daniel Jones. Uh, maybe this is the year that pushes him over, and we know he can run the ball a ton as well. So, 700 rushing yards last year, one of the guys that you talked about, Stefania. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about Daniel Jones if the Giants have provided enough for him to be able to take the next step. Yeah. I'm with you, Mike. Show me your other East Coast team. Yeah, my other East Coast team is uh, oh the Patriots. Yeah, of course oh. another one. But I mean, this is like this. I shouldn't even brought them up because this is every year, right? right. It's Bill Belichick. You just don't know. Uh, we don't even know for sure if Mac Jones is going to start every game this year with with um, what ha went down last every year. year. They're the team that every year when you draft like one of the running backs or receivers in fantasy, it doesn't make you feel good. You feel kind of dirty doing it, and you you're like, I don't like this. And then every so then one of them will just surprise you. And all of a sudden, they yeah. become the guy. Well, that's what I'm thinking here with Ramondre Stevenson, right? Because now we are on him. Everyone's mm -hmm. buying in, and he's an early-round draft pick. But now there's, okay, Ty Montgomery in week one last year was their primary pass catching back at a handful of targets and got hurt and missed the rest of the season. Right. He's back. The reports are optimistic. He's going to resume that role. They just dumped James Robinson, but you have Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong you spent draft picks on last yep. last season. Uh, strong, uh, and, and Harris was a sixth-round pick, but he's a big, efficient player 
he was really came in the league really young. He's an interesting name to watch. I like him as a, a dynasty sleeper for sure. So that's the running backs. Okay. Can we buy Stevenson at his ADP? I think it's borderline. And then wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster hasn't been the same guy for years. Like Tick Tyquan Thornton as a late dart throw going into year two as a second round pick. Kendrick Bourne is still there. Devontae Parker, Parker, still Parker is still on that Mike roster. He's now part of it. And uh, yeah, Mike Kosicki's there. And you look at Hunter Henry. Some people are like, all right, maybe, maybe he bounces back this season. He didn't have a game with more than four targets last season when John U. Smith played most. I was going to say more than, and it was John U. Smith on and the other he's side. He's gone and Gasicki's in. So yeah. how did, are, are are those two going to cancel each other out at tight end? Probably. So, uh, by the way, did you see Devonte Parker when he was asked about uh, DeAndre Hopkins going there? No. What, what do you say? say? Well, that might. I mean, he might. Yeah. Not be with the team anymore. Right. If that happens, he was okay. not, he did not want to talk about that. Nikki uh, <laughs> saw the writing on the wall, but yeah, I mean, as usual with the Patriots, it's just, it's hard to know who you could buy into in that offense. And honestly, there's not money, not many. It's just like the giants, right? You want to yeah. take some late flyers on Taekwon Thornton. Fine with me, but other, otherwise it's tricky. Ramondre Stevenson is the clear cut Patriot that you want. And everyone else after that is your, you your want, want him at, 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 at value. Right. right. Yep. I understand that. It's tough. I, I really quickly, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be really tough for me to be excited about in any capacity going yeah. from a Patrick Mahomes-led offense to any other offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what is my upside for Juju? And and that's going to be hard for me looking at it this year. Maybe he can outperform the ADP and what I think his value is. But Mac Jones is mm-hmm. not even close to what Pat Yes, is. and he was disappearing in that Chiefs offense. Yep. You know, he's when the games. Chiefs were still looking for playmakers as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, in big games for sure, but he disappeared for a big chunk of the season too. So yeah, I'm with you. All right, my two teams, I'm going to start with the Indianapolis Colts because I think at the top, I mean, it's tough. Anthony Richardson, the, ver- the, the range of outcomes that could happen with Anthony Richardson under center is huge, right? Huge, great legs, Stefania. He's got fantastic legs, best legs that I've ever seen, I think. What are we talking about? I was going to say, <laughs> I couldn't say that, but I'm, you did. I so can. Yeah. Ahead. Anthony Richardson, fantastic legs, but he's got to do a lot with his arm. He's got to improve a ton with his arm, his, his consistency as a pass catcher or as a, as a thrower, the, for him to be accurate, right? He's got huge, huge targets to throw the football to, but outside of him, who was already a question mark, we're asking a lot of questions about Michael Pittman. Is he going to become another guy that falls victim to circumstance for a second year in a row? This has nothing to do with Michael Pittman as a talent. I don't think he's become less talented, but the circumstance with the quarterback he has, what is he going to look like this year? And I think that's really tough to figure out. Anyone behind him even who's, I don't want any pass catchers behind Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Ashton Doolin, like Jelani Woods. I'm not looking at any of those guys. So then I'm asking myself, okay, well, I got a running quarterback. Got to figure that part out. I've got a guy that I've watched up until last year be really good at the running back position. And, and Jonathan Taylor, we've seen him be really good. What's he going to look like with Anthony Richardson under center? Is he going to become, and we've seen him be better than J.K. Dobbins, but like, is he going to become like a, a J.K. Dobbins plus where you have a, a really good mobile quarterback and that, you know, because he doesn't have a lot of pass catching upside, is that going to limit him a little bit? Is that going to take away some of his goal line carries? What is Jonathan Taylor going to look like now that you've got a guy like Anthony Richardson under center? Everything about this team changes because the quarterback is the leader. And until I start to see it, it's really tough to like truly assess proper value on what this team is going to look like. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't feel great about the passing volume. I've been projected for over a hundred fewer pass attempts this season than they had hundred last year. Over, they, I mean, think yeah, about it. You, last year they they were throwing all that. It was desperation. Yeah, throwing. they were just like throwing were, the ball. They were just heaving the ball up there because it, it was such a bad situation. And Jonathan Taylor was and, hurt. And even in that circumstance, you talked about Michael Pittman. He had two top fifteen weeks last year, in with a hundred more pass attempts than we anticipate this season. Mm. Not great. Yeah. So he can have a big target share this season and not be a great fantasy starter. I don't like him at ADP. He's one of my biggest feeds in fantasy for sure. So Mike, you wrote in that column with field, uh, he was top 10 last season, Michael Pittman in snaps routes and targets. And he had Mm -hmm. careers highs in receptions and end zone targets and was an underwhelming fantasy and was not what we were hoping for. And, and look, you might say, well, the quarterback play is going to be better. I mean, he might add more value, more net value because of his legs, but the average rooking, uh, the average efficiency numbers like yards per attempt and completion rate for rookie quarterbacks is very similar to what the Colts put up last year with Matt Ryan and the other guys that rotated in. So, and that's that's the average rookie passer, not a guy that has very little experience that we have concerns about throwing the football. So right. maybe down the road uh, we can be optimistic, but I'm 
Yeah, I'm staying. I, I want to love like Jelani Woods. I want to be so excited about him because yeah. he just looks like he's going to be a good player. But I think it's going to just there's going to be growing pains for Agreed. the Colts offense, I think. Agreed. All right. My last offense that I want to talk about is the Seattle Seahawks. They drafted a running back last year in the second round. His name was Ken Walker. He did pretty well. And then they drafted a running back in the second round again this year. Who's a pass catching running back out of UCLA, Zach Charbonnet. So I expect both of those guys. I'm trying to figure out what it is that we do. Is Ken Walker really going to repeat as a top 20 running back? Or do we think that Zach is going to take away some of those opportunities in this offense? Mm -hmm. It's a question mark that I have. DK Metcalf, I think is DK Metcalf. I have very little concerns about that. But when I look at Tyler Lockett and the addition of Jackson Smith and Jigba, now they've got three wide receivers there that they've got to be able to figure out who are we going to give these targets to? I think they love DK. Tyler Lockett just turned 30 or, or 31. So he's on the other side of that wide receiver group that you're looking for. But, you know, I, I don't want to overvalue, Mike. I want to be very clear to not overvalue rookie wide receivers too early in redraft leagues. And I think that there's a lot of mouths, again, in this offense to be able to feed. So I don't think that Jackson Smith and Jigma and Jigba is just going to come in and, and supplant Tyler Lockett. But there are going to be a lot of things to figure out. And last thing, this is kind of a hot take. Is there a chance that Geno Smith, who just figured out how to be a top 10 quarterback at the age of 31, is the quarterback version of Cordero Patterson at the running back position last year? Maybe because the supporting cast is there, right? Uh, they had two rookie tackles last year and they're they're in year two. High pedigree tackles. The offensive line could, could be better. One of the best wide receiver trios in the NFL. You have two pretty solid tight ends. You have two good running backs. I mean, yeah, there's reason... To, he he was first in completion percentage last year, so he certainly could repeat. He's one of the harder quarterbacks to rank right now because is he legit? Can he be a QB one or do we, you know, does he come back to earth and is a, you know, a QB two? It's, and that's what it's tricky when I look at that and I, I, it's not a great apples to uh, it's an apples and oranges. Why can't fruit be compared though? So, uh, but when I look at this situation, like Cordero Patterson didn't ever put it together from a fantasy perspective for us until he was on the other side of 30. Mm -hmm. That's what we saw with Gino last year, where it was like all the things worked out for Gino yeah. to be the guy that we were hoping for. But can you trust it again when you haven't seen it until a guy is 31 years old? Yep. So by the, by the way, uh, if you look at some of like the, you know, like underdog, like the high stakes leagues, Smith and Jigba is going in like the fifth round too early. 12 team leagues ahead of Tyler Lockett and some other certified stars. And that's with Lockett and DK Metcalf there. I do not understand that one. That's the, been probably the biggest head scratcher I've seen across the industry this offseason. So if anyone wants to explain that one to me. Rookie hype, man. Like, yeah, th that's it. And and like last year, I was in uh, like the first and second round rookies. I was in on. They were going too low. They were being disrespected last year. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, guys like that. Uh, and they worked out great. But the problem is these guys went later. None went before yeah. pick 20. So now and that that window of where receivers get drafted hasn't been as productive from a fantasy standpoint. Early first rounders have been. So I, I don't understand what the dynamic here, but there is one rookie to be drafted early, early, early in fantasy this year. And we all know who it is. And it's not any of these pass catchers. It's B. John Robinson. Yeah. Well, right. The only weird, thing not, I can think say, of, the Jameer only thing Gibbs. I can yeah. think of is that the defense other than the 49ers, the defenses in the NFC West are lacking and maybe they're just thinking that Seattle is going to be that much more productive and there's going to be more opportunity for him than there would be for others. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that's it's expecting really a lot. Speaking of ADP, I've, I've been doing some, I do a few best ball, you know, things here and there. I'm a little bit of a best ball degenerate mm -hmm. and on, uh, at least on DraftKings, they've Travis Kelsey is being drafted with an ADP of 4.8 mm -hmm. overall. All right. Which seems crazy to me. Fourth Why? overall for Travis Kelsey. I think Travis Kelsey is more of a back end of the first round kind of a guy. But I, if you want to take the shot, you're going to have to grab him early if you want that guy. I just, I've never seen Travis Kelsey reach up that high where he is in the top half of the first round. He's always been in the back half of the first mm -hmm. round, which I thought was fine. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I mean, I totally if it. you <laughs> think he's going to have a, a sizable gap over tight end two this season, which again, he can like he could outscore tight end two by a hundred points again, if he's healthy again. because Mark Andrews has more competition there and TJ Hawkinson now is Jordan Addison that, you know, you could go on and on. Uh, if you believe that then Kelsey in terms of points over replacement worth the first overall pick, there's no doubt about that. He, if he blows out the rest of the tight ends again, he belongs in that conversation. Wow. All right, Mike. 
I think it's interesting. I think that would be yeah. early for me. I'm going to do some uh, mock drafts coming up where I'm going to be able to practice. I'm going to take just tight ends. I'm going to take Travis Kelsey early, see how my team turns out. I'm going to write a few things about that later on this uh, offseason where we look Sounds at the, the mock draft trends of things. So okay. cool. let us know. Are you gonna I will. Share your insights. I will share my insights. This was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for hanging out with me in a fieldless show today hopefully we didn't get any uh we didn't get any there's baby no, eights no updates yet, right we're thinking about field and yeah and japen and everyone so we love you guys hopefully things are great on that note thank you so much for hanging out with us today please come back next wednesday my name is daniel here with stefania at stefania underscore espn and at mike clay nfl we love you guys don't forget to love each other be kind to yourself you have earned it we can't wait to see you next week see ya That was surprisingly good. You guys did a really good job today. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't mean the entire show. I figured now is the time that the cameras are one Taylor Swift reference. Oh, I know. What's up with that? No, no. I I Uh, I should have left a blank space in there for you, Mike. Good job. That was good. Thanks, bud. She's got a smile that'll melt your heart She's always there to lend a helping hand Her fantasy knowledge is just the start Her skills are highly in demand She's our Bay Area lady Out there hustling for us Advice that we really trust. Bay Area lady, always there to help. She's not a cone, she's your favorite gal. She's the fun you bear. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.